0: Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for
1: overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. Today's guest is Tara Ross, and she is an author for young adult books, correct? That is correct. All right, and she's going to talk to us today about self-care for writers. I have an image in my mind of novelists sitting in their office and typing away on a computer for hours on end, and and that's pretty much their life.
0: (laughs) And sadly, that's so far from the truth. I wish that was the life of most writers. (laughs) All right, so tell me what is life really like? Yeah, so I think the case for most writers, particularly those who are starting out, we have day jobs, as you would know as well. So a lot of us do day jobs that could be anything. I've spoken with writers who are, you know, I'm a anthropologist myself, but I've also spoken with people who um, work in libraries, who are lawyers, who are agents on the side, some some who do work in the publishing industry as well, but a lot who don't, a lot who just happen to love writing, love books, but, you know, decided to become a computer engineer on, you know, as their first profession. And now all of a sudden they're entering into this world of writing with a desire to be able to pour out as many words as they can in a day, but they might be coming home from already a stressful job, feel fairly exhausted, and then sit back down in front of a computer screen for another two hours, um, not aware of the burden it's placing on their body. Exactly.
1: Okay. So
0: what did you say your real job is or your other job, the one that supports your writing? (laughs) Yeah. So my background is actually in health science, hence passion, but my master's degree is in speech language pathology. So I actually work in schools with children, and I specialize in children who have difficulties with mental health and with literacy.
1: Oh, cool. My grandson was diagnosed as being autistic right after he turned three, and he's been in speech for over a year now, and occupational therapy, and... He's doing sure.
0: wonderful. It's so helpful. Oh, I'm so glad to hear. Yeah. And, and that's another population that I do work a lot with. And I love, I love children. I love teenagers with, particularly with high functioning autism. I just find that they have such a wonderful and fascinating view of the world. And I learned so much from them. Exactly. Yeah. I learned a lot from my grandson and he's only four.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Tell us a little bit about your book that just came out. In May, actually. In May, okay. Yeah. So Fade to White is my debut novel. It came out through Illuminate YA, which is an imprint of Lighthouse Publications of the Carolinas, which is an amalgamation with Iron Stream Media. And it's a contemporary novel that is filled with lots of hope, but tackles some pretty serious topics um, related to mental health. I really uh, wanted to dive deep into anxiety as it's something that I've personally dealt with in the past and currently still have moments where I, I go back there, um, mm-hmm. as well as wanted to look at the impact of depression in family and uh, suicidal thoughts. So again, heavy topics, but I wanted to do it in a way that would be easily relatable for teens as well as for adults who might be reading it. So I worked in sort of a magical realism element, looking at how faith can sort of integrate with a person's journey towards finding a better state of their mental health.
1: Mental health is another topic I like to write about because our daughter, when she was in college went through a period of depression and no one could figure out what it was. And then she kind of went off the deep end and that's when we discovered she had um, bipolar disorder. Yeah. And so that was a pretty crazy time
0: for all of us. I bet. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I feel like we don't talk about it often enough, um, particularly with our teens. I have younger children, but my nine-year-old is already sort of asking those questions about big emotions and how do we deal with them, and is it okay to experience the world in different degrees? Um, and I, I really want her to have those conversations with me now. So as she gets older and she starts to have more extreme sort of variations, which inevitably might happen, as we know from statistics, it's it's more common than not for us to experience fluctuations in our mental health. Um, I want those conversations to be normalized and it to be something that we can just have on at the dinner table. And it doesn't have to feel like it's a secret.
1: Right. And that's something that the church as a whole needs to work on as well, because they don't realize how much harm they can do by minimalizing anxiety and other mental health issues and telling people to just
0: pray more. Oh, trust me. Yeah. I, I come <laughs> from a non-Christian background. Um, okay. I grew up in a home where both of my parents um, uh, did not espouse to any particular faith. And mm. so I came to my faith on my own, but it was interesting how faith was helpful for me because I was new to it but then once I became more entrenched sort of within the religiosity side of things I did notice that some people saw it as taboo to talk about your mental health and to explore the the idea that sort of the medical model which is my education can pair really well with faith and that both aspects really do need to come together in partnership to help people who are struggling with their mental health because Yes, you want to be surrounded by a supportive faith community. Um, and yes, uh, prayer and journaling and communing with God is helpful. But yes, counseling is essential. And yes, medication for a lot exactly. of people is essential. Um, and so we, we need to recognize that both of those things come together to help us. Um, right.
1: You wouldn't them tell them. a diabetic to just pray more. and eat a cookie.
0: <laughs> no, for sure. For sure not.
1: <laughs> That's awesome that you've written a, a faith-based book that brings those topics up and uh, I'm going to have to order it on Amazon and read it because I deal with a student population at my work where I'd say 75% of our students are in counseling. We have two Uh full-time licensed clinical counselors who work at our school and our kids come from a background of generational trauma. Yeah. So, you know, we want to do everything possible to help their mental health so that their academic health gets better as well. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Because you can't be, you can't learn exactly. when you're not in a state where your body feels um, that it's not on high alert. Right?
1: right.
0: You work all day and then you <laughs> come home and you write all night or how do you, how do you manage this? I have an amazing family. So A few years back when I started having kids and I went through a period of postpartum anxiety, my husband realized that I needed to find a better balance in my life. And we really prioritized my health overall. And so instead of going back to work full time, he said that I think it'd be better for you to find a balance where um, you're not feeling burnt out with the kids and that you're not having this sort of mom comparison game going on in your head. So I now work three days a week. And that's a really great balance for me. So I have two days where I can do all mom-related things, but I also write nice. uh, during those days. And then that frees up the time in the evenings. That's how it works for me. But I also am constantly brought back to the fact that I still need to maintain balance. So right now with NaNoWriMo, I really love it. I love goals and I love challenges. So this idea of writing a novel in a month is something I was like, I want to do this Uh Um, crazy as it sounds. And I've constantly had to step back and remind myself of healthy boundaries, not only for my mental health, but also for my physical health. Um, Right. And for the health of your family and for the health of my family. And so if I don't meet those goals per day, I, I kind of, I'm constantly saying it's okay this is an internal goal I've set for myself. Does not matter. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of one of those goal people too. I
1: haven't done the, the no Mora right yet, but it's tempting. Seems like is. There's, always, there's always too much going on in November at school for me to, I that's bet, my yeah. excuse. No, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. I used I did the when they had the right 31 days in October. Mm-hmm. I did it, but man, it was a struggle because we always went on outdoor school during October. And, uh, oh, it was just so much. They quit doing the right 31 days in October. I started to right 28 days in
0: February because you know, 28 days is shorter. <laughs> <laughs> and February is such a blah month too. It so is. It's really nice to have a di- diversion from like thinking about the cold and at yes. least <laughs> well, so,
1: where I am. <laughs> well, yeah, it's cold here too. Even though we're in Arizona, it's still high desert. Yeah. So, we've had snow and freezing weather already. Oh, wow. You work part-time at a paying job, and then you mom part-time and write (laughs) part-time. Three part-times, it sounds like the typical woman. (laughs) Pretty much, but it feels like full-time everything at the same time. (laughs) Are your kids in school, like in real school, or are they doing at
0: home school, or how... They are, they're in real school. Yeah. They were at home school cause I'm in Canada. So they okay. were doing virtual learning is how we're raising it. Um, from about March of last year through to the summer. So that was an interesting balance, yeah. but now they are in full, full day school back in class. Um, Good. yeah, which is lovely because they miss their friends a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we
1: had a student who we were at a boarding school and so the kids, came August 17 and we normally oh, wow. have a, a home leave every four to six weeks um, where they have like four days off. And yeah. so none of that, we're just going straight through. One of the moms was missing her kids. Uh, and she's like, oh, I'm just going to take them home and they'll do virtual learning. Well, it didn't work. And the older oh, no. girl, she, she was depressed. I mean, she wouldn't get out of bed. She wouldn't talk to anyone. And so after two weeks, she hadn't turned any homework in and the principal called and it's like the mom was I don't know what to do and he's like well bring her back (laughs) yeah and so because it was just too hard for her to do school in isolation like that yeah it is Um, really hard that's something that all parents need to be looking out for if your kids aren't in school is that isolation factor is
0: is real yeah, and I spoke with somebody earlier this year who, similarly, their kids were in that sort of isolation. She had teenagers.
1: Mm-hmm. She
0: said, you know, often teenagers won't necessarily talk to you about how horrible of an experience it is because they don't want to feel like, oh wait, staying home from school, I'm going to complain about this. Right. But, <laughs> but it is. It's so hard. And even just um, from the few teens that I know personally in our church that I sort of have kept in contact with, they have really struggled with. Um, yeah feeling of isolation that's happened even because our high school students are half virtual so half the time they're the virtual half the time they're in class and even that's been challenging
1: what areas do you find are the hardest to balance for you
0: and your self-care with (sighs) your crazy schedule uh yes i would say probably my spiritual health and Mm -hmm. my physical health I'm aware of them constantly, and they mm. sit as little burdens on me because I know that ideally I'd like to spend all my time with God.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> and so being so busy with doing things that, that I do feel like God has put on my heart to do, but also taking moments to be quiet. So I intentionally sort of set up this gratitude challenge with that in mind, wanting to be able to pause um, at least once a day. And have quiet moments with God and be able to be thankful in that rather than always wanting to ask for things. And so that's been good, but it also has made me realize, oh, wow, I only have one quiet moment with God a day. That's not, that's not enough. And so that's been something that's brought more to my attention lately, and I'm I'm starting to feel that distance, and so I know I need to attend to that relationship more for sure. And then my physical health. I'm someone who before kids was exceptionally active. I like to do triathlons, and mm-hmm. I currently rock climb, and I like to run. But all those things have taken the back burner when you have goals and other things that sort of need to be done. Um, right. The exercise and the maintaining my physical health has definitely taken. Um, a side seat to other things and I can feel it. So my back is, I have scoliosis in my back. just a oh, little no. bit. So it also is more easily affected by sitting in a chair for too long. Uh-huh. And so I've really noticed that, but God blessed me with a husband who's a physiotherapist. So oh, yes. <laughs> I have been so fortunate because on those days when I'm in so much pain, I can literally just go, "Hi, hey, man. what exercises or what stretches should I be doing for that pain? And he knows exactly what I need to do and I I do it. And so it it really does help. And so I've been very intentionally saying, okay, now I need to share this with all my other writer friends, because it's a gift that he has given me. Um, but a lot of people may not have access or they might not feel comfortable going out to a physiotherapist right now. Um, so right. so yeah, I just started posting little videos of me doing stretches <laughs> so that okay. people can um, see what I'm
1: doing. <laughs> can you send me a link to that and I'll include it in the show notes so that yeah, sure. people can watch the, the little videos? Yeah. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I just did a quick one. I do them on Instagram on the Reels. So they're like okay. 30 seconds long. Nice. Um, there's one for four stretches for back pain when writing. And then there's another one um, about setting up an ergonomic workstation. Okay. So, so that you're saying rather than writing on the couch or um, I'm the person who is writing with an elevated computer screen, an external keyboard, um, ah. my feet raised.
1: <laughs> I sit <laughs> so on I a yoga
0: ball. Oh, even better. Yeah, yeah I balance. <laughs>
1: When I'm interviewing people, it's like, okay, I can't bounce too much. As long as you're not showing the video on air, nobody will know. That's true, who cares, yeah. <laughs> I could be in pajamas for all you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I actually, my students all have yoga balls as well in my classroom, so yes, there's no chairs, yes. just the yoga yeah. balls. I have different sizes and
0: yeah. that flexible seating is so important, not just for kids, but for adults as well. Like I've talked to my husband about how I really want to get a sit stand desk uh-huh. so that you have that option of, you know, having it at a seated height, but also being able to raise it up. But yeah, the yoga balls and like fidget toys and all that kind of stuff. It's good for everybody. It is. It's, it's awesome. For kids. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I tell them when they
1: get stuck and they can't think of what to write next, because I teach English. Um, it's like okay, just bounce on the ball a couple times, and something might come to you.
0: Yes. So. Well, and I I said too, some of my best inspirations or breakthroughs happen when I force myself out to go for a very short jog, like right. once around the block. <laughs> right. But it's that break, it's that that physical change in you know situation and movement and breath that allows you to have sort of this creative shift, and so you get out of sort of being in that moment and that phrase and that scene and mm-hmm. can move to something different and all of a sudden whatever's around you could just inspire you all of a sudden to, to go in a completely different direction so yeah I'd say that's a great advice uh, you know even if your your kids are allowed to do outdoor ed and they're allowed to just take a walk in the forest for a, bit, for a break yeah. come back it's <laughs> yeah. great advice do you have any other self-care hacks for writers Yeah, the physical um, stretch. (laughs) So you can post that. I think for mental health breaks, um, the gratitude is a piece that I'm really trying to integrate. Um, uh, Noticing very small things in your surrounding that you're grateful for, and sometimes that will help inspire your writing. Mm -hmm. Drinking lots of water as we go into colder weather. I think that's essential for us. We don't realize how much Lack of water and proper nutrition really does affect our energy levels and Mm -hmm. the ability for our brain to function.
1: So, and if you drink lots of water, you have an excuse to get up and walk around.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Even if it's only to the bathroom. Even if it's only to the bathroom, it's somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. I love working for extrinsic rewards in the form of food, Um, but I, I always try and find healthier. Rewards. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, I'm using prairie rochets for every 2,500 words, but the smaller goal mm-hmm. is berries. So I'll use berries as my like fuel because they're uh-huh. so much better for you than chocolate.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, dark but, chocolate makes you smarter. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. That's, there's a study that came out a couple of years yeah. ago that dark chocolate makes you smarter. So if you want to be a smarter writer, reward yourself occasionally
0: with dark chocolate. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And just eating, eating like really healthy, protein, rich fruit, mm-hmm. vegetable um, meals are really important too. So just filling yourself up on sugar and carbs is, is going to give you spikes. Right. Uh, and you might find that you all of a sudden have, a, you know, energy for five minutes, but then you'll drain yourself and you will be like, I can't write anymore. Yeah. So that was, that'd be another thing that I would really suggest.
1: Never thought of the relationship between a balanced diet and being able to write well. Yes. It's
0: huge. Yeah. That's huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll notice it in your work as well. Like if you're in a day job, Mm -hmm. if you are eating a lot of just like empty carbs and like sugary things, you'll feel your body actually kind of go into this like downward energy slump Mm -hmm. by midday. Um, But rather than grabbing a coffee with sugar and cream, if you can eat an apple, an apple right. provides you with the same energy uh, boost. And it better yet, pair it with some protein, <laughs> like peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter and carrots. Uh, there yeah. you go. I know it doesn't sound as appealing as chocolate, but it <laughs> doesn't.
1: <laughs> peanut butter and chocolate. There you go. There you go. Dark chocolate. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. You know, and I should have known that. I should have thought of that because I know when all those classes for studying for the ACT and the SAT tests, which are college entrance exams here in the United States, they say, yeah, take a protein snack with you and make sure you eat well beforehand. And yeah, there's definitely
0: a connection between
1: your brain (laughs) and
0: your creativity and your stomach. For sure. For sure. And the other one that's really big, because we do a lot of self-regulation with the students I work with, but being aware of the environment that you're writing in. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people like to think about that token writer in a cafe. Um, right. And sometimes that can be very inspirational for someone, but uh, at other times you might find that you need some place where it's quiet. You might need sort of the instrumental music in the background that will really help to sort of calm you. place
1: like, mm-hmm. of so being
0: able to Feeling like you have the time and space to write. And even if you only have half hour chunks because you have kids running around, you know, saying to your spouse, I'm going to go hide in the closet and put on headphones with your nice soft music for that half an hour, um, you'll be amazed at how much more easy your mind is able to enter into your story rather than feeling that stress of,
1: oh, I only have half
0: an hour. Right. Um, or you hear harder. a
1: sound and you think, oh no, do I yeah. need to
0: go intervene or is my spouse yes. care of this? <laughs> for sure. That's why I'm hiding in the basement right now while my spouse is upstairs playing Lego. <laughs> well, there you go. Now are, are your children in school? Yes. So All
1: they're six and nine, six yeah. and nine. Okay. So they're both in school. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I remember how hard it was to, to just focus and do anything when my kids were young
0: it is so hard. And most of my writing when my kids were young and not in school yet um, was done in the evenings. So I had to sort of carve out that nine and 10 was usually my writing time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would do that for an hour in the evenings once I felt like, okay, the house is clean-ish. Um, <laughs> the f- food for tomorrow was sort of planned-ish. Um, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I have an idea of what I need to do for work. And i spent some t- quality time with my husband and now I'm going to go write. And so, okay. again, for some people, you need to sort of have your other two off so you can have that sort of freedom. For others, it might work differently, though. Anything else? I'm trying to think breathing is really important. I was actually listening to um, uh, the stories between us with Sean Sucker and uh, Miley Silva, who are both authors I love, if so uh-huh. you know them or not, but they had done a podcast about you know, staying creative during COVID and during isolation and stuff, and, um, they had talked about breathing. And I was like, yes, that is so important. <laughs> I forget to breathe. But like, I know. Pausing long enough to count your breath and, you know, taking just 30 seconds and, you know, breathing deeply in and out. Um, there's that oxygen connection again, too, by allowing oxygen to fully fill your lungs and, fill your body you're again allowing for your brain to optimally work which again is a small thing but when we are go 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 and we don't ever pause long enough to actually pay attention to our breath we never realize how exhausted we are actually making ourselves feel with that sort of shallow breath and (laughs) busyness that fills us so yeah taking breaths in your actual physical body but also just taking moments of rest. That was the other one that I thought was exceptionally important. Um, making sure you actually getting the amount of sleep that your body is requesting that you have. And each person's going to be different, but seven to eight hours, that's what we're supposed to get. <laughs> I've been working on that for the last year, trying
1: to actually get seven and a half hours of sleep every night.
0: <laughs> Excellent. I, and- I have no issues there. I'm a nine hour sleeper if I can get it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I'm, I'm trying to waste less time on social media and, and mm. mindless pursuits and, you know, just really focus my energy on the important areas. Um, and it's yeah. helping. I'm, I'm actually a lot more productive. So yeah. COVID yeah, has that's... kind of been nice because I had extra time to really get my routines down. We tried doing virtual school, but with our students, most of them don't have internet and the mail system spotty. So yeah. Yeah. it was a major fail that fourth quarter, but that gave me time to get some routines in place and get my sleep regulated. And it's been very helpful.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it is good. The other thing that I would say is, is cutting down on the distractions in the world. So filling your time with things that fill you up. So that's reading, reading more, that's spending time with your family, spend more time with your family. Um, Again, I'm not in the States, but not listening to the election stuff (laughs) probably (laughs) Probably. a good thing (laughs) probably would be helpful not listening to the daily counts of COVID cases probably would be a good thing um yeah Yeah. and just yeah taking more time to fill yourself with things that are going to be healthy for your mental health
1: that's right because if we don't have anything in us we can't get anything out of us
0: absolutely
1: I will make sure and leave a link to your Instagram so that people can check out your reels for some stretches for <laughs> writers who were at the desk too long every day. And yes. um, thank you so much for all of your, your great advice on how to take care of yourself if you're a writer. And maybe one day you'll get to write full time.
0: Oh, wouldn't that be the dream? But I'm, I'm perfectly content with how God has got it worked out right now as well. So That's yeah, awesome. thanks so much for having me on Anita.
1: You're welcome. It was great talking to you, Tara. Here's a summary of Tara's 10 self-care hacks for creatives. Number one, enlist the support of your family. Hack number two, learn to set healthy boundaries. Hack number three, identify where you struggle the most in your self-care routine. Hack number four, do one small thing to take care of yourself in that area and then put it into practice. Hack number five, Discover ways to incorporate physical activity or stretches into your writing time. Hack number six, eat a balanced diet. Hack number seven, choose your environment. Hack number eight, don't forget to breathe. Hack number nine, get enough rest. Hack number 10, fill your time with things that fill you up. Join us next week when I talk about growth mindset and fixed mindset. Which one do you have? The answer might surprise you take care of yourselves my friends you are worth it you can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts if you enjoyed this podcast take the time to tell a friend together we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves i'll see you here next tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome be overwhelmed.